welcome. I tell you, that choir and Brother Aaron is the best of the best. Amen? I told that early service, I'd come to this church just for the music. Amen. What a tremendous, tremendous blessing y'all have in the music program here with Brother Aaron. Thank you so much for being here today. Let me tell you how I got here. Uh, I was in Tyler last Wednesday night finishing up a revival and had to go home uh, for a funeral. And Brother Charles called me, and this is how he put it. He said, Brother Herman, he said, uh, uh, Case is on the East Coast. He said, I'm going to be on the West Coast. And he said, I have called everybody that I knew <laughs> on how that could preach to come. And they're either at the convention or they're already busy. And said, would you please come and preach for me Sunday morning? Now, that would make you feel good, amen? <laughs> I mean... He could have said that I was his first choice, not last choice, but anyway, uh, I would have come anyway. I appreciate Brother Charles so much. Y'all know that and how much that we love him and love this staff at Woodland Hills and what a blessing they have been to me tremendously. Uh, I am blessed by each and every one of them, and it's good to be here, and I truly mean that sincerely. Uh, thank you being here. I, I'm excited about what God is doing at Woodland Hills. I really am. Uh, many of you know that uh, Judell and I have always wanted to be a part of everything uh, that has ever happened here. And we will continue to do that. And I'm just excited about how that God's hand is upon this place and how that God has tremendously, tremendously uh, blessed this fellowship in this church. And you have a marvelous staff, a marvelous pastor, and, and you serve a, a marvelous God. Amen. And so I'm excited about what Brother Charles was sharing about the school, other avenues that God is doing here. And God's just not finished yet. Amen. Great things are still ahead. And so I am, I am happy to be here this morning. If you have your Bible today, turn with me to the book of Joshua. I want to share with you a passage of scripture about finishing well, finishing the course that we're on. Uh, I, Charles Stanley said, it's not how fast you run, it's not how far you run, it's whether you ever finish the race or not. You know, each and every one of us have known people, Christians, that some have run fast, some have run far, but they never finished the course. Well, I believe that God is concerned about us finishing, amen? Being faithful to the end. Uh, Caleb is a man that I believe fits into that category. Uh, Caleb was a man that had a tremendous uh, heart after God. He was a man that had a tremendous faith. He was a man that had a tremendous vision and a man that never lost his want and desire to be what God wanted him to be. And as I read about Caleb, I want to be a Caleb in my life. And there are some principles about Caleb's life that I believe and that we can apply into our life if we want to finish well. And so in, in Joshua chapter 14, beginning in verse 7, it reads as following. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Cabernet to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. 
Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereby thy feet have trotted shall be thy inheritance and thy children forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, and as he has said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spoke the word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day four scores and five years old, eighty-five years old. And as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for the war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spoke in that day. Now we're familiar with Caleb and many of us are familiar with this passage of scripture in Caleb's life. But as I study scripture, I've always said that I want God to first speak to my heart because I believe that if God doesn't speak to my heart, I can't speak to your heart. It's not about what I know. It's about what God knows. And so I want to share with you some principles about Caleb's life that God has spoken to me that some way, somehow that I pray today that I can apply continuously in my life. I desire to finish well. I desire to finish the course that God has set before me. What is it that is so precious about Caleb that you and I can apply to our life? The first thing that I want you to notice is simply this. He had a faith that never wavered. Now notice how I said that. I didn't just simply say that he had a faith because faith is not even a question. You and I know that the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. So faith is a fundamental. But the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. I could ask you the question this morning. How many of you believe that God is who he says he is? And I promise you every hand in this room would go up. Now that is faith, but that is partial faith. That is not the kind of faith that's going to move you and I into the realm of God to walk where God wants us to walk to finish the course that God has set before us. Because that verse doesn't stop there. We would like for it to stop there, but it doesn't. It goes on to say, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, that's the difference. That's what stops a lot of Christians. You see, it's one thing to say, God, I believe you are who you say you are until God asks you to do something you've never done before. Until God asks you to go where you've never gone before. 
until God asks you to give where you've never given before. And then all of a sudden we draw back. We say, well, now wait a minute, God. I can't see that. God, I don't understand that. God, I don't have that. Well, you never will. Because you see, God's ways are not our ways. He is so far beyond you and I that it's not a question of having to understand it. It's not a, a question of having to know it. It's not a question to have to possess it. It's a question of obedience to believe that God is a God that will reward those that diligently seek him. That picks up with Caleb. You remember the story. Go back 45 years earlier. You remember they get to the promised land and they form a committee of 12 to go in and spy out the land. And you remember they come out and all of them agreed on this. They said it's everything that God said it was. It's a great land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. Except God didn't tell us about the problems of the land. God told us about the goodness, but God didn't tell us about the problems. God didn't tell us about those walls around those cities. And God didn't tell us about those people that are giants in comparison to who we are. And you remember what happened. They began to mutter against Moses and against God, except for two. You remember who they were? Caleb and Joshua. And you remember what they said? They said, it's everything that God said it was. And maybe God didn't tell us about the problem of the land. Maybe God didn't tell us about those walls and those people that are giants in comparison to who we are. But our God is bigger than the problem. Let us not rebel against God. Let us go in and take the land. But the people didn't want to. And so the Bible says, you remember this, the Bible says that God said, if they don't want to go in, fine. I'll send them out into the wilderness, raise up a new generation, except for who? Caleb and Joshua. And you remember what God said about them? He says, because they have another spirit. Now, what spirit was he talking about? He was talking about the spirit of faith. Not only did they believe that God was who he said he was, but they believed that he was a rewarder of those that would diligently seek him, that regardless of the problem, that God was bigger than the problem, not to rebel against God. Now here's where it gets interesting. God sends them into the wilderness, you know, and he sends them out into the wilderness for 45 years until... They die off and he raises up a new generation. Have you ever wondered what Caleb had to listen to for 45 years? I mean from day one to the last day, all he heard was grumbling and fussing and griping. Well, I knew we shouldn't have come. I knew we shouldn't have listened to Moses. I knew we were going to get out here and, and this wasn't going to turn out right. And for 45 years, all he heard was the negativism of those people. But it never changed his belief in his God. 
45 years later, he's standing there saying, I've come to get my mountain. Folks, you know why many Christians never finish the race? They begin to listen to people more than they listen to God. And I'm convinced more than ever that the devil will always have some around you that will try to discourage you and try to be negative to you to tell you that you can't do what God wants you to do. That you can't achieve it. That you're not going to make it. And that some way, somehow, that if you trust God, then you're just going to get out there and you're going to fail, but you'll never experience what God wants you to experience. But I'm not moved by what I hear. And I'm not going to be moved by what I see. I'm only going to be moved by the Word of God. What about you? What about your faith? How strong is your faith? Do you believe that not only that God is, but do you believe that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him? Do you believe that you'll walk where you've never walked? Do you do what you've never done? Do you give that you've never given before? That God will honor you if God wants you to do that? I've had people tell me, they say, Brother Herman, what, what happens? You know, I, I, God says this and and, you know, I've never done it. I've never had it. I don't know it. And I take that step, and, and all of a sudden, God doesn't come through. I say, well, then you're through. But here's the good news. God never fails. God will never ask you or I to ever do anything that God cannot provide. The problem is not with God the problem is with our obedience. Are we willing to believe that God is able to perform what he has promised to perform? Well, let me show you a verse, and then we'll be right back to this. In Romans chapter 4, let me just read this. I love this. The Bible is talking about Abraham. And this is what he says in verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Wow. Folks, that's the kind of faith that I want. The kind of faith that doesn't stagger at the promises of God, but believe that whatever God has promised, that God is able to perform. I know, folks. I mean, I live in the real world. I, I know that we're, we're going through some tough, tough times. I understand that. And people tell me all the time, they say, well, Brother Herman, all this gasoline and everything, you know, I mean, you've got to make adjustments. I understand that. Uh, uh, we all have to. But, but, but folks, they say, well, what about, well, folks, God's still on his throne. 
God said he would never leave us nor forsake us. The Bible said that God shall supply what? All of our needs. You see, my friend, I want to tell you, God is still our supply, not the government. Amen? And I'm just going to trust God, and I'm going to believe God, and I don't care what I see on the gas pump. I don't care what I hear on television. I'm just going to keep on trusting God because I believe that God is able to perform that which he has promised already to his children. So he had a faith that never wavered. My friend, what, what about your faith? Will it waver? When things get tough, will you draw back or will you trust God? Will, will, will you step out where you've never stepped before? Will you go where you've never gone before? Will you give where you've never given? You know, I, I, I don't know of any church in the world that my friend that has been more gracious in giving than what you have. I mean, y'all, God has tremendously brought some of the greatest people in the world into this fellowship. And you have given and you have given not only of yourself, but many of you have given your resources and your resources to just continuously to see what God can do among the midst of God's people. And I commend you for that. But you see, once again, sometimes we're asked to give again. And we're asked to give again. I tell Charles all the time, I, I love giving to Woodland Hills Baptist Church. I'm not even a member here. But I love to give here. But every now and then I tell Charles, I say, you just, you know, let me quit giving, amen? I mean, the guy can come up with more things than I, anything, you know? <laughs> I think he spends all time just asking God, you know, how, what can we do more? What can we do more? But folks, I'm going to tell you, I, I know that there's people in this church that says, man, we've given a lot. We've done a lot. Man, we've built a lot. And here we are trying to build more. Isn't there a time that we just kind of level off? Folks, let me tell you something. There's no place in the kingdom of God to become so comfortable that we're not willing to move ahead to where God wants us to go. The future is full of challenges. The future is full of places to go that we've never gone, to, to do what we've never done, to give where we've never gone, given. But that's the kind of people that God will bless. Those are the Caleb's. Those are the Caleb's. The ones that believe that, my friend, that God is not only the God of who he says he is, but that he's a rewarder of those that will diligently seek him. Secondly, watch this. Not only was he a man of faith and had faith that never wavered, but he was a man of strength that never weakened. A strength that never weakened. Can you imagine? Here he is at 85 years old. And he says, I want to tell you something. This is my paraphrase. He said, I want to tell you something. I was here 45 years earlier. I was here when I was 40 years old, and I'm 85 now. But he said, I want to tell you something. I'm as strong today as I was the first day that I stood here. He said, man, I was ready to go in there and conquer those cities, and I was ready to go in there and conquer those big people that were giants in comparison to who we are. And he said, I want to tell you, I may be old, but I'm just as strong, and I'm ready to go today. <laughs> See, I, I believe that's possible. 
because I believe that all things are possible to God. There's no doubt in my mind that Caleb could have been as strong at 85 as he was at 40, but I don't think that's what he was talking about. I think you've got to go deeper than that because I believe what Caleb was talking about was his spiritual strength. He was saying, listen, I want to tell you, when I stood here at 40, I not only believe that God was, but I believe that God was a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, and I was ready to seek Him because He had promised the promised land, and I was ready to go in and take it. And He said, I want to tell you something. I'm here now 45 years later, and what I believed then, I believe now. I was ready to fight then. I'm ready to fight now. I've never given up, and let me tell you why. Because what does the Bible say? Listen to me. What does the Bible say? Though our outwardly man perishes, our inwardly man is what? Renewed day by day. You know what that means? That means the older that we get, the stronger we ought to become. So I want to tell you, you know some of the people that's been the greatest blessings in my life? Older people. People that my friend, listen, to, that, 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 that I, I so look up to because they, they stuck by the stuff when it was easy for them to quit. They didn't quit. Uh, when it was hard for them to keep on going, they kept on going. Why? Because, my friend, they were walking with God. They never, they never weakened. They just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. I believe that's why the Bible says that we as older men ought to be examples to the younger men and the women ought to be teachers to the younger uh, uh, ladies. Why? Because the older we get, the stronger we ought to become in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no retirement in the kingdom of God. My friend, listen, there is a place for each and every one of us, regardless of who we are, regardless of how old we are, regardless of how young we are. He used a little boy with the loaves and fishes. It doesn't matter how old you are. My friend, every day is a new day to grow in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be a better Christian tomorrow than I was today. And I pray, and I may never make it, but I pray that if I ever come back to Woodland Hills, I pray that I'm a better Christian then than I am today. I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to go back. I just want to go forward. That's Caleb. Caleb said, I want to tell you, I may be 85. I'm not ready to quit. People ask me all the time, say, Brother Herman, when are you going to quit? Quit? They say, man, you're getting old. I know I'm old. But I'm not going to quit. Because, folks, I want to tell you, I, I, I have just as much desire today, if not more, to serve God than any day in my life. And I will do that till he calls me home. I love what one preacher wrote. He said, age, talking about Caleb, he said, age didn't hinder him. He may have been old, but he wasn't ready to quit. Amen? Age didn't end. Disappointment of the past didn't embitter him. If anybody could have been bitter, it could have been Caleb. He could have said, man, I, I went in at 40, and them, it's their fault. He didn't blame it on them. He didn't allow what happened in the past to embitter him from going to where God wanted him to go. 
And then lastly, the preacher said, giants didn't scare him. I like that one, amen? Well, let me give you the last thing. He had a faith that never wavered. He had a strength that never weakened. And he had a blessing that he couldn't keep. If you go on and read in chapter 15, you'll find that he gets his inheritance and his daughter gets married. And he gives his daughter and her husband some land. Now, I don't know how long it was from the time that he gave the land till this happens. But she comes back to Daddy and she says, Daddy, this is my paraphrase, she said, Daddy, thank you for the land, but what about that land over there? It's got springs of water on it. Now, I thought about that the first time I read that. Now, just think about Caleb for a moment. If it would have, I have two daughters. If it would have been me, I would have told my daughter, I said, sit down just a minute. I have something I want to share. And I'd have set my daughter down and said, you wasn't here 45 years ago. When I stood here 40 years, 45 years ago, 40 years old, and I could have had my inheritance then, but because of the grumbling of the people, I had to go out there in that wilderness for 45 and listen to grumbling and fussing and complaining and belly aching. For 45 years, I listened to that. Now I'm 85 years old, finally get my inheritance. I give you a piece of land, and you tell me that you're not happy with it, that you want this other land? The audacity. But he didn't say that. You know what the Bible says? He gave it to her. That's all it says. He gave it to her. And when I read that, I thought, whoa. Until one day it dawned on me how much Caleb was like our Heavenly Father. See, she probably didn't deserve it. She hadn't earned it. But it was her daddy's pleasure to bless her with it. Folks, isn't our Heavenly Father so good to us? He gives us more than we deserve. And He gives us so much that we don't even, we don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. Our Heavenly Father just takes pleasure in blessing His children. Because he loves us. And I thought about Caleb and how much he was like our Heavenly Father. Folks, I want to tell you something. If you've never learned this, learn this. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I meet so many Christians, all they're concerned about is what they can get what they can get. It's all about me, what I can get. No, friend, I want to tell you what has set you free is when you learn what a blessing it is to give to others, to be a blessing. For just a moment, 
You think about your grandchildren. You think about your great-grandchildren. We're going to have Saturday a reveal for our first great-grandparent. Amen? But you think of those grandkids. I mean, they come visit. They say, I want to go to Walmart. You say, get in the car. <laughs> you take them to Walmart, and you know, you're going down the aisle, and, and they say, Papa, I want that. Get it. Put it in the basket. And you don't go two more feet. They say, I kind of like that. Get it too. Put it in when you walk out, you know, you got the basket full. And then they say, you know, I kind of like stop and get the ice cream. Whoa, let's go back to the ice cream store, you know. You know it's true. But why do you do that? Because you love your grandchildren. And the greatest joy that you have is to see your grandchildren happy. Amen? Now, we spoil them, and that's not good, but we do a good job doing it. But, folks, I want to tell you something. Our gracious Heavenly Father has given us the best gift that He could have ever given any one of us in this world, and that's the gift of eternal life. He's placed it before you when He gave His only begotten Son to die upon a cross so that you and I could have eternal life. His son didn't deserve it, but he took it. He didn't owe it, but yet he paid it because he loved you and he loved me. And he laid that precious gift before each and every one of us and said, here's the gift of eternal life. It's free. All you have to do is to reach out and take it. And understand that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and there's none righteous, no, not one. But whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And before each and every one of us is the greatest gift that could have ever been placed before us. Some have taken it. Some have rejected it. You see, my friend, today, the greatest gift that you and I have to, to give to anyone is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. To simply say, God loves you, and he wants to come into your life to change you. That's a gift, amen? Caleb couldn't keep it. He had to give what he had to somebody else. What about you? What are you giving today? Are you a blessing to others? You say they don't deserve it. No, neither did you. They didn't earn it. You didn't either. But God gave it to you. Would you give it to somebody else? Let's Let's pray. Maybe there's somebody here today that's not a Christian. And if you're here today and you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, I'm going to invite you to come in just a moment. Brother Jason's going to be standing down here, and you can come down here today and say, Today, I want to be saved. Your Heavenly Father wants to give you that gift of eternal life, but you have to receive it. 
Maybe there's somebody in this room today that would simply say today, I want to be a Caleb. I want that kind of faith that doesn't waver. I want to finish this race that is set before me. I want to be as strong my last day as I was my first day. And I want to be a blessing. Maybe there's somebody here that needs to rededicate your life and come today and say today, I want to be a Caleb. Maybe there's somebody here today that needs a church home. You worship here, you give here, you love it here, but you've never become a part of here. This church needs you. But more importantly, you need this church. Maybe today's the day that you could come put your hand in the hand of this church. Nothing would make this church family more blessed than you making that decision today. So we're going to give this invitation, give you an opportunity to come and get saved, to come today, receive eternal life, come today to rededicate your life or come today to become a part of this fellowship. That's your choice today. In Jesus' name, amen.